China's power and aggression has given her the mark of distinction as the most destructive female force in the history of the World Wrestling Federation. Degeneration X has changed the face of wrestling today, and China has been its steadying anchor, its intimidating presence, the proverbial straw that stirs the drink. Break it down! She says she's the most dangerous woman in the world! Look at this! Look at China! I didn't realize how uh, pertinent not only I knew Triple H was big in making her career. They had the same trainer, Killer Kowalski. Yeah. But I didn't know that Shawn Michaels was also really big into advocating for getting China into WWE. And of course, Vince was against it because you got to sometimes have to beg Vince to make money. Mm -hmm. But you would think it'd be obvious. Yeah, she was. She had the look, whether or not she could uh, wrestle or anything. You could do something with that. Yeah, she was a she was a slam dunk man. Like seeing her, like she had instant, instant star quality presence. Which, yeah, when she, the first time was, I don't know the documentary. What was the documentary? Is called Vice Versa. I guess Vice Versa is a new series from Vice, and this is the first episode. Yeah, but it was definitely dark side of the ring ish. Vice is becoming an exclusively all wrestling network now at this <laughs> it point. Does they're, like, pi- wow. they're pivoting hard. It's <laughs> like no one's watching the news anymore. Let's uh, do yeah. wrestling. Which is terrifying that, you know, they're basically finding all the dark side just like cuz obviously they always look for a lot of dark side of stuff. Yeah, like now we got dark side of the 90s coming out next. Yeah. It's just like but you know, Vice is just like wrestling. They they figured they just had a gold mine for tragedies inside of professional wrestling yeah but, they tapped into it but it was great and this one was interesting too because it sounded like this was a documentary that they were making another company was making that yeah. fell apart right yeah so okay the structure is if i understand it correctly they tried they were working on a documentary about the resurrection of china when she passed and um this was sort of the reconstruction of that documentary right so you know it's an inception within an inception. It was, yeah. It was just like it, it, and it felt like that. Yeah, they they had some parts of it that they were used for for the documentary, but it was more about almost how the documentary fell up, apart because you know, unlike the resurrection of Jake the Snake, the reconstruction of China ran out of time, budget, and she just yeah, she just wasn't ready. Yeah, she got so much so fast. Like, so much so fast. Like, just that first time you saw her, you know, Goldust was over, you know, with Marlena. And then she was in the front row, and she literally just wrapped her arm around Marlena's throat and started choking her. And you're like, who is this? Yeah. <laughs> and that you was knew, her debut She from an audience. Yeah, just choking Marlena out. And Marlena, you know, she's a she's a very petite woman. So she literally was like in the air, f- getting flopped around like a doll. So she was the perfect foe for China to yeah. sh- show off her strength and just show off her her sheer size. Yeah. 
but yeah, when she, when she was, she was an instant hit, an instant hit. And like Triple H knew it, Sean knew it, and they had to prove it to Vince that he knew it. But it was interesting hearing in this documentary that her whole goal was to come in and wrestle men yeah. like right out of the gate. She had no interest in female wrestling. She wanted to wrestle men. Yeah. And they showed her on that indie show, right? And she was just basically calling out, you know, everybody, guys and girls, mm -hmm. that she's coming for your title. And then you're like, wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but came off as very believable. Stole the Andy Kaufman gimmick. Yeah. I am R. the intergender champion. Yeah. That would have, man, how, that was a WrestleMania match. That would have been, it, you all. Know, it just de depends if you believe Andy Kaufman is alive or not still, <laughs> but I would, I would have paid to see that. It's sad because, you know, she was, a, she's a, she was a good looking woman, but you know, everybody came out just like, she was like a man cause she had that big jaw and admittedly so mm -hmm. she was taking steroids, right? And that's basically adding all this testosterone into your sure. body. Steroids is a dick. Because yeah. it basically is like, well, if you're a girl, it's going to make you look like a guy. But if it's a guy, it's going to give you boobs like a girl. It's swerve. like, well, <laughs> it's all about the swerve. Yeah. But she was so daunting and impressive. I mean, I always thought it was a big deal that her nickname was the ninth wonder of the world. And to me, that showed how much Vince did once he bought in. He was all in because... There was the set, you know, the seven wonders of the world, and then there was the eighth wonder of the world, which was Andre the Giant. Right. And then she became the ninth wonder of the world. I feel mm -hmm. like that was like, that was a big torch to carry, right? Yeah. It was just like you're named the next in the lineage of like an Andre the Giant type of traction, which which she did. And man, she was, she came in just kind of like as a quiet badass, but then she pivoted properly, and then when it became to generation X, she was just like, kind of like, you know, she was there showing her cheeks, doing everything mm -hmm. along the lines with, you know, uh, yeah, it's golden, golden time. Oh man. You know, and then I remember her heel turn and then she became corporate and then, <clears throat> so she was the first woman. And now probably, I think the only woman to ever win the intercontinental title. Mm -hmm. She was the first woman to ever be entered into the Royal Rumble, not as a joke or a swerve, right? She went in there like legit and she eliminated Mark Henry, the world's strongest man. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were, it's not like they just kind of, they did not powder puff her. You know, she went in there like as a badass. I don't remember if she got pulled over to WCW when she so. left. No, like, I don't so. think she made it over there. She did make it over in new Japan. And yeah. that, that was, were you shocked by that? Cause I, I've always heard the stories. I've never had the uh, pleasure of, of wrestling in Japan, Yeah, but I've always heard from anybody that I ever wrestled. It's just like when you wrestle in Japan for the first month, you're basically fighting for your life because yeah. they're going to hit you really hard. Mm -hmm. And, like you saw the bruises on her face and the blood. I mean, and she was taking some hits, but yeah. she was throwing the hits back too. Mm -hmm. But, and unrelated sidebar, her ex-boyfriend, how big were his arms 
it looked like he had two babies in a headlock <laughs> under his shirt. I was Wait, like, which boyfriend? Uh, her ex boyfriend that was pre Triple H. Okay, no, I didn't you know I didn't from. Notice. Yeah, I just noticed him sitting there, and it's just like he had his elbows there on his arms, and I was just like, he literally has two little boys in a headlock. Yeah, well, That's, you'd have to have abnormally huge arms if you're dating China. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to make her feel weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that dude was huge. But yeah, I mean. It was a, unfortunately, she was definitely one of the rise and fall. Yeah. Of, so, go ahead. You know, just the one of those tragic, you know, she got it. It didn't seem like it was quick, you know, but it was somewhat quick. How cons- many years? Well, how long was her run? Well, I feel like she started in 1995, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she probably started WWE. In like 1997, so like within three years, she's already there. Yeah, I mean that's that's not a lot of we saw with Ultimate Warrior. That's not a lot of gestation time for you yeah. to handle all of a sudden becoming a top attraction like yeah. that. Uh, I mean, she worked with Killer Kowalski. That's who trained her. I mean, that was pretty much a lock that anybody that if you worked with Killer Kowalski, who happened to be also trained. You know, Triple H, you figure that's kind of an in because Kowalski was one of the uh, one of those OG guys that Vince always had, you know, always had an audience with Vince, whether it's Freddie Blassie or mm-hmm. Ernie the Cat Lad, you know, the Tony Gurria types. They always had, you know, uh, uh, Pat Patterson, obviously, Gerald Briscoe, those guys. So to get to trained by one of his his guys, I figure you were going to you were going to get that shot. Yeah. So, I mean, that was fast, though. That was two two years. Is it me, or do I, I feel like women, they have a fast trajectory. They can take off quick because it's, uh, I guess, there's there's less less of a pool. Yeah, no, and I think even more so back then, you know, because it's just like I, you know, again, that was coming from the, I hate to say it like this, but you know, the bra and panty generation, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like... Sonny was there, you know, Sable was there, Marlena was there, but they were all pretty much like being served up as eye candy. They were the precursor to, you know, the women's revolution that we've seen them to bring them to equality. Yeah. They weren't treated equal back then. Yeah. They were the eye candy and she came in not wanting to do that, that she was an attraction and and she did it. So why didn't Vince let her wrestle men at first? He did, right? At first, I think he was okay with it. I think okay. later on, I think he, the, he thought the novelty wore off, and then he tried to pivot her to, to back to women. Yeah. Yeah. Which, because she had, I think she had two runs as, yeah, I think she was a co-champion with Jericho as, I think, with the Intercontinental. So technically, I feel like she had two Intercontinental title runs. Really? That's pretty crazy. But yeah, I think after a while, they started, you know... Trying to pivot her to women, she her her most popular run after all the DX stuff, and then the corporate stuff was obviously with uh, Eddie Guerrero, you know, with the poppy mm-hmm. with the poppy angle. Yeah, that was big, and I I think that's they were doing some intergender tag matches then, but it was more of the acceptable intergender, not the Andy Kaufman, you know, intergender. Just right. like I'm gonna I'm gonna use you know, my advantages to my advantage, you know, to make you look weak. <laughs> but I don't know. What what are your feelings just in general on like intergender uh any kind of matches? Because, you know, it's funny because they have the UFC 
women's champ who beat Ronda Rousey, you know, and pretty much beat everyone. They're getting to the point now where uh, you hear a lot of whisperings are, is she doesn't have any more women that can stay with her that they're going to have to start having her fight men. Mm -hmm. And that's now you're talking about shoot intergender matches. Like, how do you feel about that? I don't, I don't don't know. I don't, it's look for wrestling. I think it's great. Yeah. You know, for wrestling, it makes sense. For MMA, the problem, that's a bigger discussion, but like for wrestling, I think it's, I think it's great. It's always, it's something that you can um, hold back as sort of a once in a while type thing and throw it in. And it's cool. Yeah, you know, I remember seeing it the first time on Lucha Underground. I was kind of surprised by it. I was like, "Oh, I never thought that they would do this," but they oh, just yeah. straight up did it. They were know, totally okay on, with it on TV. You know, um, I thought that was awesome. I'd seen them, you know, just on uh, stuff on YouTube indie shows, right? But I think it's great. Um, I think that China should have had a run as like the the main belt. How awesome would that been? That would have been, yeah, and if anybody could have done it, she would have been the one yeah. that they could. she could have easily got that legacy. And think about this. I mean, everybody at, you know, Mick Foley's run, his first run was around 1998 and how shocked people were because mm-hmm. it, it got, it got it kind of got to that point where you're like, now there's a shot that other people who normally wouldn't get a shot at the belt yeah. could have a run with a belt. How big of a pop would that have been? Yeah. I don't think they would have had the blowback that they think they would have. Because I remember, ironically, everyone thought David Arquette winning the WCW belt would have had positive publicity. And it's still looked at negatively to this day. Where oh, yeah. back then, everyone thought that would have been positive, And then the Mankind winning the belt would have been negative to the point where we, you know, Tony Schiavone, we don't ever know if it was scripted or not, you know, after... Eric Bischoff was giving the results away from the shows because they were mm-hmm. taped. Yeah. And then it backfired and like don't People even switched over to watch. Yeah. The they show. switched it, you know, yeah. and, and Tony Giovanni were like, that'll put ass in seats, you know, and he was probably told to say that, but at the same time he was old school guy kind of came from that mentality. It was just like, you're if you're not going to do anything that sells tickets, don't do it for the cheap pop. Mm-hmm. So I think her winning, would have stood the test of time as this beacon of just like, I do wonder if it would have caused the women's revolution to happen earlier, but there was really nobody that was given a shot that was there yet. You know, Trish Stratus was there, you know, Tori Wilson was starting to creep up there, you know, women that can actually physically go. Yeah. So I don't know if the revolution would have happened earlier, but it could have, but they could have done something special with it. I think it was, it was there. It could have been like a Goldberg level thing where she, she gets the title in a huge surprise. Everybody tunes over to say what? Yeah. And maybe, you know, the, the, the angle is, you know, everybody's pissed about it. You know, they're, they're trying to figure a way to get the title off. They're making her defend it every week. And people just keep watching to see how long she can hang on to it. Oh, man. Yeah, that's see, now that's putting asses in seats. Yeah. That's just saying that I felt that tinge of like, wow, you're right. Just hearing you say that. And ironically, it was Vince Russo, you know, who was big in the documentary here, the Vice Versa documentary. And he was big. Which was weird. Why was he in there so much? He was in there a lot. Apparently, they were they were really close. I don't know. I don't, yeah. He booked a lot of her stuff, apparently. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that it this this dude who, ironically, he was behind the David Arquette one, uh-huh. it didn't cross his mind? It would be fascinating to find out 
was it ever discussed just to hear him say, bro, trust me, bro. I talked to Vince, bro, and Vince would have nothing to do with it, bro. I tried to talk some sense into him, bro. Jim Cornette chased me with a <laughs> tennis racket, bro, just for having the thought, bro. <laughs> but it would have, yeah, I think it would have been great to see. It just, because it sucked. I mean, because now you got into was you know and we'll never know it was just like was her push and was she let go because she broke up with triple h who started dating the boss's daughter yeah that okay so i, I think i texted you that that too when i was watching the doc i was like they are burying triple h in this thing yeah like the whole thing is pretty much <laughs> it's almost a hit yeah. job on triple h yeah because they you know they they had one talking head segment with him, you know, but they did show clearly that him and Sean were the reason she got the job there. But obviously, and just like in real life, man, shit happens. She were, you know, things changed, feelings changed, you know, so directions pivoted. So, and then the one other time they showed him talking, it was just like, I can't in good conscience, you know, she's in the Hall of Fame now, mm-hmm. but he's like, I can't in good conscience put her in the Hall of Fame because if they, Google her name. Yeah. All this porn stuff's going to pop up is right. basically what he said. So, it, yeah, it didn't put him in a good light. Google any wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just like, man, there's it's, I. It ended up that they, I, and it would be fascinating to see who made the call on that. Yeah. Of just like, no, never mind. Let's put her in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, that she, she passed away. Maybe if that had anything to do with it. Yeah. Because... Right, so Stephanie, it and you know, China thinks this relationship was happening before they were officially broken up. According to the vice versa, yeah. According to they found that love letter that mm-hmm. it was like a year, but it's hard to tell, right? Because there was it was in it was a huge angle, right? Uh-huh. You, did you watch that when basically he it would never work now, but he kind of roofied, you know, Stephanie and brought her to that drive drive-through wedding uh-huh. chapel in Vegas. Uh-huh. And then, you know, remember, it's just like he had her, <laughs> he threw his lips and said, I do. Mm-hmm. It's like looking at Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I mean, that was a big angle back yeah, then. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just like, it's possible that it could have been happening. I'm sure there was like flirting that was going on, but man, I don't know. I think there's a I mean, they're married now. It's a safe bet. Yeah, but like, yeah, right, and with three kids. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing about this documentary, though, and I think it was the, the weirdest part, is just the structure of it, right? You know, I mean, the story is is, is tragic. It's sad. It's sad. Yeah. It's raw stuff. But, I mean, for me, it was just like, it's weird how they're taking this documentary they never finished, and they're finishing it today with new interviews, but they're interviewing the behind-the-scenes people. And then the director is just like, every day, yeah, I was on heroin that day. Yeah. Yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah. I gave, you know, it's it's very much out in the open, right? And this guy's just talking about how much heroin he was doing. And then the other guy, I guess, what was his name? China's, was He was like China's manager? Yeah, the manager, Anthony. Yeah. Anthony something. And this guy just seems like a shyster. Oh yeah, he did. It's like what is going on here? And it's that's kind of almost the 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 second layer in this tragedy cake here is that these people are taking advantage of her in this sec in the documentary that we're, you know, that layer of the documentary. And we're seeing that play in real time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like even that did he have a camera when he came to find her OD'd? Well, that's what, yeah, that's what tripped me out is just like he, he brought did, a cameraman. He had the cameraman there 
and he and then they did not show the footage after, but it was implied that he has footage of seeing her yeah. in bed, right? Yeah. It's just like I mean, they showed the exterior of the house, him coming in. Yeah, of course they filmed it. So yeah, yeah that exists. He must have filmed it, but I guess they. I'm surprised they didn't even put up a black card like the footage was presented, but in good taste, we're not going to show it. Yeah, but. And then the whole thing with the ashes of just like he kept some of the ashes and yeah. had like a celebration of like dude, this guy was like yeah he was a shyster yeah uh, I will I, if that footage exists we'll see it in a, here come so and so what's his name again which one Andrew Anthony Anthony, Anthony something I don't Anthony know Anthony auctioning off <laughs> the dead China footage oh my god to some weird dot com person that's gonna publish it that's gonna have it you know it's just like well we're gonna have to put the explicit symbol on here anyway but i'm gonna say it just you know quote uh great houston referee tommy fouché you know when you were one day talking about the type of people that is attract that are attracted to come into professional wrestling and he looked at us and he said cocksuckers and thieves what a beautiful business (laughs) and when i saw that guy anthony that's the quote that came to my head it's just like oh my god this guy it's like he's clearly trying to exploit it up girl who obviously had a lot of substance problems yeah to the point where she had to leave the country and he kind of convinced her to come back into the country can you give some color on this jeff and you you're the only person that possibly could but because i mean i think part of what just like really hurt her the most china right was getting just rejected by this you know co- company that had elevated her the business that had elevated her and made her a star or whatever oh yeah what's that feel like when that's gone it hurts, and you know, I'll do a, I'll do a Count Dooku prequel meme, you know, over the air, you know, well, quote, twice the pride, double the fall, which also means twice the height, double the fall. There's no way anybody that ever could have elevated her to that level that she was, and that's a far fall, right? When you're just like, for even, for me, it was just like kind of made it. It was always an adjustment. I can't imagine reaching pretty much the pinnacle of how far you could go at that period where you were a household name international star to where they're not returning your calls. Yeah. And it's just like, and then it's even, you know, and if that, if, if it would have happened today, I think this kind of stuff is not going to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. I think people are, are smarter with their money. I think they're smarter with, you know, staying away from the pills. And I think there's tons of different places to work where you can ply your trade, where back then you just didn't have that. Yeah. So that rejection is hard when you really had nowhere to turn. Right. You know, so she had a little bit of a a run in Hollywood, but that, you know, Hollywood's even, I think, is way more fickle and that dried up quick. Yeah. So I think that pain drove her to drugs that she was probably already on because i mean everybody back then that was a big drug fueled error i mean ecw was fueled on a lot of drugs yeah can i can i just point one thing out this was one thing that was weird i thought uh uh when obviously they were talking about how she's with uh x-pac sean waltman right and yeah. he, he was the one that i guess 
they're uh, alluding that he got her in, into drugs, the harder drugs or whatever. There's one part where I guess what's his name, Anthony, yeah, is is recounting a conversation that he has with Sean Waldman, and he says, "Oh yeah, they were." Te- she was he was just like telling me we have all this in common. We talk about what pills we like to do and how they feel. Oh yeah, the other yeah, that was guy that was just like that just, whoa. That, that seems was... that just seems strange. It's like what, what who says that? There was a lot of I mean, I mean, do you, I'm just saying, do you think he was like trying to bury Sean Waltman there? Like was that? Well, I think he was trouble, probably trying to look at it as just like, well, I would have tried, but, you know, I couldn't because she had all these other people around him. You know, I know Sean. I mean, he was always good to me. I mean, I never had any issues with him, but I mean, I never had any deep angles with him either. But at that time, I remember the exploitation that was happening because I watched uh, The Surreal Life on VH1. Uh-huh. You know, that was when, you know, reality TV was kind of born and she was one of the, you know... That was when they pulled celebrities into reality shows for the first time. They had just kind of started. Yeah, exactly. So they were in the surreal life was a takeoff on the real world, except it was celebrities in the house. Mm -hmm. And I remember her being on there and being so weird. And now I see why she was all drugged out of her brains. And then they even had, you know, Sean show up a couple of episodes and they were like the camera was peeking around the corner. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just like they were exploiting it. Yeah. There was nobody that was around her it sounded like that was interested in helping her. Yeah. And the only person that she was close to, Sean, needed just as much help as her. And yeah. that's what he said in there. You know, yeah. he was in that scene. I mean, he literally came to her when he was at rock bottom too. Mm-hmm. And that's just like, that was just a recipe for disaster, you know. And, you know, Kevin Nash was on there and he said, he was like, you know, Kevin Nash and Sean Waltman are like brothers, you know. And for him to say, it's just like at that time, there was no... Those two had no business being together. And that that just didn't help to be surrounded by the people that it was just like, it was literally the equivalent of being in like a fist fight for your life. And instead of people breaking it up, they were just making yeah. a tight circle so no one can get in there screaming, fight, 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 right, fight, right. just for, just for the, for the footage. Yeah. And that, and that kind of sucked because she never really did. I mean, she went to TNA you know, she had that run in New Japan, which kind of got screwed up by the drugs. But then she turned to the, you know, turned to porn just because they were probably, I mean, you think about it, this was also, you know, we're talking about celebrity reality TV, celebrity sect tapes at that time was huge. Yeah. Right. That was big business. You Wasn't know, was, a bad idea. Sorry. You, you can say what you want about the time, but yeah. uh, another family built an entire empire off of one porn tape. So, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like, so they, they tried it out. What yeah. the hell? Now what? Now everybody has their own porn page. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where they make their own porn and sell it to their I fans. Know. I think so, right? <laughs> so maybe China was an innovator. I don't you uh, know. You're absolutely right, man. It's, it's, it's like that that happened. Oh, my God. I just I didn't even think it. it was like, yeah. I, because now, again, yeah, she wouldn't have been in the position now because she literally would have been a con- a commodity on the Internet to do whatever she wanted and actually distribute whatever she wanted directly to her fans and yeah. make that money. Yeah. You know, and she would have had her, her only fan. I mean, well, I mean, Sonny kind of done it, is was doing it, currently did it, right? She also had a lot of stuff, like paid fan interactions where you can basically – watch her having sex over Skype. Holy smokes. But it's work. Yeah. I don't, uh, 
Yeah, and you, you know, and that kind of, I think that seediness drove her to at least realize that it's just like, this doesn't feel good. And that's what drove her to the church mm-hmm. uh, and hoping, re- hoping religion can save her and then got out of the country. Yeah. But she definitely sounded like she never really healed from any of her drug. I mean, I guess you're always kind of a, you're always an addict, right? As they say. So it's just like, but it never sounded like she, you know, we watched it with Jake. We watched it with Scott Hall. You know, we watched it in real, almost real time, right? And we watched them get saved. You never mm-hmm. really saw that with her. You're like, I think she's finally in a good place. Yeah. But then clearly she was not in a good place. And then it turned out to be a not happy ending for a real, a real innovator, you know, a proverbial giant in the business, man. Yeah. I'm looking at her, her TV creds that she had post wrestling career. She had some decent credits pacific blue martin third rock from the sun mad tv cribs celebrity death match fear factor mm-hmm. sabrina the teenage witch nick cannon show celebrity boxing surreal life fair brady celebrity rehab unfortunately that one but i mean that's those are like those were known shows at yeah. the time she was getting she was getting work but it it just wasn't enough but enough to pivot and get that. And this was also at a time, like, again, wrestlers hashtag blessed right now. Yeah. Cause it does back then. That was even when stone cold was like on the cover of TV guide and people magazine and stuff, but you still had the stink of just like, Oh, you're a pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. It had, it had a stink to it, you know, that just like mainstream entertainment did not accept it. Fast forward to 2021 and it doesn't have that. I don't think it has it anymore. No. It just really doesn't. I mean, it's a billion-dollar publicly traded industry. It's bigger than ever. Yeah. As far as I can see. Not I've creatively, never, but everything else well, with I've, it. But there's never been so many options. Right, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, you can get your wrestling fix from a lot of different shows at this point, and um, the documentaries are everywhere. Wrestlers are everywhere. Yeah. Um it's just bigger than it's ever been. I don't. I don't know why it is. Is it just because of the internet? It maybe. Maybe it is the internet. I don't know if that's what did it. Because it's just like it's. It's not in the closet, so to speak, anymore. So you just don't. And I, and I think the mentality of society has changed. I mean, let's face it. The, these next generations are going to be so much more accepting than any generation ever before. Yeah. Right. Like they're, they're, I think, I think we're hearing a lot from the people who are not because they're getting smoked out and it's like a last gurgle, you know, where it's just like, I don't think there's going to be millennials or, and beyond, there's not going to be that many that have any problems with, you know, your sexual preference, the color of your skin and what type of job you have. I mean, maybe I'm an optimist, but I just feel like, the one we're hearing a lot more of like a lot of the redneck stuff that's kind of floating around out there, but I think that's going to be in the minority, mm-hmm. you know, and I think wrestling was a victim of that in a way. Yeah. It was kind of like a gross sideshow thing that it was just like, it was born from carnivals, you know, literally sideshow carnivals. Yeah. And it was hard to get that stink off until McMahon be damned. He wanted to do it and it took him 
this many years, but he finally did it. And it was just like, it's a billion dollar industry and he can sell whatever he want. And then you got other billionaires that are getting in the mix that is just like, it, it's changed now. So someone like her would have been okay now, other than drugs, you know, but as far as like that, that fall from fame, like think of all the wrestlers that get futured endeavored. I mean, we did some shows on it. Those, yeah. They're turning out okay. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you, you, I even saw, you know, uh, Zach Ryder on Twitter, you know, that tweeted after, you know, those people got future endeavored and he's like, you're going to be okay. Things are going to be great. They're actually going to be better than ever. Trust me. And that's coming from a lifelong professional wrestling fan to the, I mean, he was a collector. He, he loved it as a kid. He yeah. was somebody and he was gonna like, it's going to be okay. Cause you realize there are options back then. There just wasn't like those options weren't there for yeah. her. You know, you had to do a lot of, she had to do a lot of stuff that she necessarily didn't want to do. But it just doesn't exist anymore. So I think it's almost here's here's now I'm just theorizing here, but I think the growth of wrestling to the where it is now was because Kayfay died. Okay. Yeah. When Kayfay went away and the veil came down, there was wrestling always had a layer of complexity, even though people thought it was dumb. That's why people were like, "Oh, you know, it's fake." Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, it had a it had a it had a nuance. Yeah. It's like you just split an atom. Oh, congratulations. (laughs) But like. It had a layer that people just didn't get. And when Cape Bay went away and people could see behind the curtain, and it's like you, like you always say, they, people like the, the realism, the realistic aspect of it. People want to see that. Yeah. So when people started to see how it actually worked, I think it just gained some respect as an art form. It did. You know? And it opened it up. And then, of course, you know, like uh, when you get into the history and the tragedy, tragedy is always sells. So that drew, drew interest. And because of those things... Um, it grew into like now Vice is going to turn their whole channel wrestling. You know? yeah. It's going to be apparently. And at the same time, WWE is bigger than ever. Yeah. But who the fuck is watching? Who was talking about it? Does anybody ever talk? Did you see what happened on Raw? No, nobody ever. No one ever no. says that. Only to just talk about how terrible it is. Yeah. You know, the people who were who love wrestling so much that they just keep watching no matter what, just because they're waiting for that corner to turn and it just and it hasn't but you're 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 hundred percent right and I think in a way it's it's challenging creative and this current creative team doesn't is not up to the task of like you just said the veil is pulled back everybody knows who these real people are right you know where they work where they live what they're currently doing who they're currently with so when you have that angle of just like oh well, well why is Miro gonna be with this girl because he's married it's clear he's i just saw his twitter feed he's it's clear he's still with you know lana like Mm -hmm. why are you going to try to you know and it makes it harder to disconnect because the belief is already there and they're still fans and they see what's really happening you need to play into that in a weird way to win kayfabe back in a sense you know to play with to blend with what wrestling always did, right? Yeah. Blending fantasy with reality. You have to learn how to use that as part yeah. of your storyline and how to, how to work it. And you can't create this bubble because Mm-mm. people want to know. People are people know that these people exist outside of the screen. Yeah. I mean, that's why Undertaker lasted 30-something years because Undertaker doesn't tweet. Yeah. You know, and he didn't, and he didn't start tweeting until his career was over. And, he, and that's fine. But, like... Alexa Bliss is a perfect example. If you're going to do that, fine. Okay, she's, you know, she turned into female fiend. Mm-hmm. But then 
when she tweets that she just got engaged, it's really going to make it difficult to be like, huh? Yeah. It's just like, wait, didn't you get, and, and I know it's just like, it's entertainment, but the difference is, you know, and they keep comparing it to movies and you're like, well, you know, that per you know, Tom Cruise really isn't on, hanging on the side of the plane, right? Yeah. But it's just like that's completely different because films were always coming from that place of just like for two hours, I'm going to suspend my belief. But, you know, even actors in a way is just like think about how his career fell off mm -hmm. when all of a sudden people realize, wait, he believes what? Yeah. Oh, oh wait, he's he thinks – you know, women should be taking what? Yeah. And all of a sudden his box office dove because you can no longer suspend your belief when Tom Cruise is in there because you're just like, oh, man, he's part of that cult. Yeah. And you couldn't even watch him as an actor anymore. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of those best actors knew that, you know, the Robert De Niro's and the Al Pacino's like that. You're not going to show you my personal life because it's going to affect my professional life because right. then you're not going to be able to believe that I'm getting lost in this character. Yeah, you won't know I'm a dork. Yeah. So it's just like... <laughs> Here's the thing that I think that one of the theses here that I, I think they didn't say outright, but they're implying, or at least China was, that they basically, whatever, they buried her because, you know, he married the boss's daughter or is with the boss's daughter now. And maybe Vince shuttled her aside to get her out of the way or to just have her not be an annoying presence or whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's really tough just because, I mean, and I think even to be honest, I really think that. Triple H had trouble with that bearing, and I would not be surprised if he was the one that had something to do with getting her into the Hall of Fame, even if it was as part of Degeneration X. Yeah. I think, I think, honestly, I think Triple H loves the wrestling business that much. He, he protects the history, and all of a sudden now he got pulled into this basically love triangle. He made a decision which was shitty, and I think that might have been his way, may have been his way of pivoting back with somewhat remorse. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, he, he clearly, he loved her, you know, and just yeah. like, I don't know how you would feel of just like if the girl, you know, you're with, even if, would you feel bad if you're like, am I the reason that she's on this drug-fueled porn bender because of everything that happened with us? He's got to be somewhat of a human being to feel that remorse. Yeah. But then you have to kind of bury that feeling because of who you currently have three kids with. Mm -hmm. That's a a really tough spot to be in. And I don't, I mean, like you said, it did, you know, did he make the right call? Clearly not, you know, because the right call would have been like to be like, listen, she was one of us. She was an innovator. We need to find her help and i don't remember brotherhood yeah right they needed to they needed to reach out and take care of her and not ignore her and that you're a hundred percent right they failed her of just like not reaching out because you know vince for the longest time was just denying you know just like well they weren't working with the company at the time so there's nothing i can do and then so much blowback started coming out to the point where just like so then they had the wellness program where they were reaching out. If you ever worked for yeah. us and you're having these problems, come and we'll take care of you. So that was a step in the right direction. But for someone like, I don't know, I, I think you, I would be able to sit down with whoever I'm with and it's like, listen, this isn't going to affect like who we are, but this is still like a human being that's like clearly on the verge 
of death. Uh-huh. And we have to try to find a way to save her from, from herself, you yeah. know, because Vince did it. Like I said, he basically had a cluster of professional wrestlers that his father said, when you buy this company, you're going to take care of these group of guys because these are my guys. Yeah. You know, like you said, there's the brotherhood. And she should have fell into that brotherhood and like, look, we're together. We're married. We have kids. I don't have to be involved with it, but let's find a way to redeem and save her. Yeah. Even though, but, you know, they'll look at it, but it's a publicly traded business. We had to just like select it. But I think they could have found a way. And it, and obviously it was too late. And they got her in the Hall of Fame. And that's all she wanted. Ironically, you know, you heard... You know, Mick Foley talking about, like, stop putting so much weight on that Hall of Fame. Yeah, but, you know. I mean, it, that's fine they put her in there. But to me, that seems like a little bit of a PR move for WWE. No, yeah, no, it just was. put her in there and not leave that loose end lingering forever. Because if they have, people have that, uh, people have that opinion that she was kind of abandoned by the company. Yeah. Put her in the Hall of Fame as sort of a, you know, whatever, uh, consolation prize. But, I mean... You still, you know, kind of blew that. No, no, yeah, yeah, no. They, they, one hundred. Obviously, you know, she died, so they failed her. You know, and it and had a lot to do with the the notoriety she got. So they failed her, hundred percent. I just wish they could have found a way to like, even if it was discreetly. You know, Vince McMahon was discreetly helping ECW stay afloat financially. Yeah, he could have discreetly put some money into like helping her because. We know being around toxic people, and she was probably pretty toxic because of the drugs that you're just like, I just want nothing to do with this. But I feel like when she went to Japan, she was at a point where she was ripe to be helped. You know, she got away. She got some distant. They could have done it because we just seen it too many times of just like we see how this ends. It always ends poorly when you're in someone's position like that. If somebody like... Fucking DDP, man. You know, the guy's, like, he saved two of his best friends that people that he idolized, that he worked with. He saved them himself. He Dude, after, took when, it upon you know, you know himself. when you saw Beyond the Mat, right, you was like, man, this may be the last time I'm going to see Jake the Snake on a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And then that, you know, Resurrection documentary. I mean, they brought him back. He works today. That's amazing. Yeah, they you know? say, they save, and he was probably a million times worse off yeah. than she was. Yeah. You know? It's just like, and you got into Dr. Drew, and it's just like, man, then Dr. Drew started digging deep, and it's like, this usually stemmed from childhood trauma. And it's just like, well, really, what? And it's just like, then we see the Grizzly Smith stuff. Yeah. And then we see China's stuff with her dad and her mom. There's like, wow, it really does stem. These problems were there before WWE. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. You're right. It's a slight, she'll, you know what, she's going to get another Hall of Fame induction. She's going to get a solo one someday. Yeah. There's a hundred percent she will, but it's just like, it's too little too late that it would have just been nice if you kind of saved, you know, saved her life and saved her from herself. But yeah, it didn't happen. You know, it's just like, it's, I, I think people out here, anybody listening or if you never had any respect for wrestling, you got to respect that there are so many people so many people that basically gave their lives for an art form that was basically just to make other people happy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all that wrestling really is. It's just like you're trying to, whether you're just trying to get, you know, some people are doing it for the ego and they're doing it for the stroke and they're doing it for the notoriety. But in the end, 
a byproduct of that or a direct product of that is you're doing it to entertain somebody else to make them forget maybe how shitty their life is currently. And there's got to be some that's noble enough that there should be all, more respect put on it. And I think that's we're seeing that happen today. I think it's coming. Yep. Coming soon. Alta Vice. Coming soon. Thank you.